Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord with everybody this evening. If you have your Bibles, would you open up to the book of John, chapter 11? John, chapter 11. I'm going to begin at verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after that, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? And Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of This world, but if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Many of us will be familiar with this portion of Scripture, this story. We've been around church for any portion of time, or if we've taken hold of the Word of God for ourselves and began to read. A man named Lazarus. A friend of Jesus Christ, this man was sick, and now here he is dead, buried in a tomb. And tonight I want us to look at this incredible story that the Lord would speak to our hearts and bring dead things to life. So many areas in our walk with the Lord that need to awaken. So many areas in our own lives concerning our own person that need to awaken these areas. Things inside of us that need to come to life. The truth is, before we can even begin to walk with the Lord, we must awaken. Be called out of our death. Trespasses and sins, that's what the word of the Lord says. And here's a friend of Jesus buried in a tomb. And isn't that a picture of humanity? Isn't that a picture of you? And isn't that a picture of me? Disobedience and sin killed us and buried us in a tomb. Dead in trespasses and sins. That's what the Word says. That's what the Word of God declares. That all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we do have a death sentence upon us. And really outside of Jesus Christ we are dead. This might seem like a radical application tonight, but I hear the Spirit 
Here lies Lazarus in a tomb, dead. But were not the words spoken by Jesus prophetic? Listen to the words spoken by Jesus, John 11, verse 4. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. You see, our sickness and the incurred death, dead in trespasses and sins, is not unto death, ultimate, final, everlasting but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it, that we might be called out of the tomb, that we might rise to life. But here's the truth tonight. If we choose a life without Jesus, when he comes to our tomb and when he calls out and says, come forth, if we choose a life without Jesus, if we choose to remain in the tomb, yes, it will lead to ultimate destruction death. The J.B. Phillips New Testament reads, when Jesus received the message, he said, this illness is not meant to end in death. It is going to bring glory to God, for it will show the glory of the Son of God. We look at our lives, we look at the life of every person that's ever lived on this side of eternity, and it's not meant to end in death. Jesus is coming to tombs. Jesus has come to tombs and he'll continue to come to tombs to call them out, to awaken hearts, to awaken souls, to awaken lives. Lazarus is dead. Before we even begin to walk with Jesus, we must awaken. Here this man rests in a tomb. John chapter 11, verses 14 and 15, Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Those words, for your sakes, that you may believe. I'm glad that I was not there for your sake, that you might believe that you might believe in the Son of God, that you might believe that he has power to raise the dead, that you might believe that he is the Son of God, that you might believe that God is his Father, that you might believe that he's the Savior of the world, might come to an understanding that this is a picture of you, a picture of all of us outside of Jesus Christ, dead in a tomb. So they head for the tomb, verses 32 to 37. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Verses 38 to 44 read, Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. 
Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. You know, in this story, there are two main stations. First, that of Lazarus, a dead man in a tomb. And the second is of those standing at the tomb, longing for that which they had lost, that which was close to them, that which was dead. You see, it's only at Jesus' command that the stone can be rolled away. And it's at the command of Jesus that the dead are called forth, and the dead things can rise and come to life. It's at the command of Jesus that the awakened are loosed and live free. We can't go to the tomb ourselves and roll away the stone and do some radical thing. It's only the power of Jesus Christ. It's his shed blood. It's his mercy. It's his grace. We don't roll the tomb away ourselves and call out the dead or walk in there and try and drag them out and take off the grave clothes. We're waiting for the voice of God and we're following his lead. Galatians 5, 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. There is not one dead person on this planet today, not one unbeliever that Jesus Christ cannot pull from the tomb. Maybe you've given up on some people. Maybe you've given up on yourself. Maybe you've given up on a city, on a province, on a nation. God has not given up. He's still full of belief. He's full of hope. There is no tomb that scares Jesus Christ. No grave that holds him back. You see, their death is not meant to lead to eternal destruction, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And isn't it incredible that others are raised for the sake of others, that they might believe. I believe there are some that are standing by tombs and Jesus is calling out and he's saying, this person is dead. This person needs life. This person is hopeless. But for your sakes, that you might believe, he's calling them out. That you might believe that I am the Son of God and that the Son of God has the power to raise the dead, to set people free. There is a time when Jesus stands before every person's tomb. He comes to call them forth. Tragically, many stay put. Even in church services, people come into church and it's like they're in a tomb and they bring their tomb in with them and Jesus is calling out and he's calling them forth. There's a reluctance. Pride, lovers of sin, 
whatever it is. Tragically, many stay put. They continue to live dead in their trespasses and sins. Station one, we are Lazarus, and we must walk out of the tomb when he calls. (laughs) Don't miss the visitation. There is a time when Jesus will stand before every person's tomb. Every person will hear the call in some way. God is not a man that he should lie. Every person somehow, in some way, will receive the opportunity to respond. It's not the same for all of us, but they'll hear the call. And it might be a loud voice. It might be the still, small voice calling out and saying, come forth. Every person must choose and decide. When we come out of death, there are many areas that need to yet awaken, and we know it's true. We get saved. We're called out. Jesus calls us out. It's an unbelievable miracle. But there are many areas that still need to awaken, that still need to come to life. You see, his life is in us. He saved us. He's raised us. But this flesh needs some work, needs some help, needs the prompting of the Holy Spirit, needs the teaching of Jesus Christ, the loosing and the letting go. When we're awakened, there are still yet many areas that need to be awakened. John 11, verse 44, And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. The J.B. Phillips New Testament reads, And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with grave clothes, his face muffled with a handkerchief. So many areas in our walk with the Lord that need to awaken. I'm going to give us a little list here tonight. These are just some of the areas in our walk with the Lord that need to awaken, and this is beyond coming out of the tomb. We can come out of the tomb and into relationship with Jesus Christ, and we can still have areas in our life that are not awakened. We can come out and continue to live bound in our grave clothes. We can come out and be bound hand and foot with our mouths muffled with a handkerchief with the grave clothes. But that's not the way God has called us to live because it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Here's a little list. The area of prayer needs to awaken. The area of worship. And this is a perfect example. There are some that still have their hands bound and their feet bound and their mouths muffled with a handkerchief. And God is saying they need to be loosed. They need to be let go. These things need to come off. But some are so reluctant that when you go to them and try and give them the word and counsel them, get your hands off my grave clothes. They make excuse for why they're feet are bound and their hands are bound and their mouths are muffled. And there's no reason for excuse. 
The only reason is pride, fear of man, reluctance, whatever it is in our own hearts, that's one area, worship. How about passion? That needs to awaken. Fervor needs to awaken. Devotion needs to awaken. Commitment. Giving needs to awaken. You heard the old joke, the last two things to get saved are the tongue and the wallet. A lot of people struggle with it. They can't let that area awaken. They can't let it come alive. But even that, the word exhorts, servanthood needs to awaken. So you can come out and be saved and never serve. You can come out and be saved and serve only self. I don't know how you're saved. But you can come out and you love Jesus, but it's still so self-focused and self driven. You're not serving the church. You're not serving brothers and sisters. And we heard a message yesterday that when we serve the church, really, we're not serving a building. That's not what it is. We're serving one another because we are the body of Christ. We're the family. We're the house of the Lord. But servanthood needs to awaken. Some go through life with the Lord and never serve. Never serve. Christ-like character, that's one that needs to awaken. How many, when you got saved, you had perfect Christ-like character? How many have perfect Christ-like character right now? There shouldn't be a hand up, okay? God's still working on every single one of us, and he will continue to. It doesn't matter who we are. We're all level at the foot of the cross tonight. It doesn't matter how long we've been saved or how short a time we've been saved. The truth is there are some that have been saved a lot Shorter period of time than others, and they got the Christ-like character shining, you know, more than these people that have stuck around church for 10, 20 years. Because it's about the application and receiving the revelation, receiving the work of God, allowing him to develop the character in us to get out the bad and get in the good. How open are we with the Lord? You see, God can do an amazing thing in one day, two days, one week. Sometimes we think that he's got to work on us for a lifetime to get us fit for eternity, but that's not true because what if we die next week? Listen, Jesus Christ can call us out and radically change our life in one week. But sometimes we think it takes so long, and so we put these time limits on God, and we say this is how long it's going to take. But really, it's just that we're not that open. We're saying to Jesus, like, I'm okay with these grave clothes still. Don't you know you stink? I'm okay with these grave clothes. And so we hang on to them. How about the spirit of evangelism? That needs to awaken. <laughs> I don't know why we struggle so much with that. The Great Commission. I mean, it's straight from Jesus. No mere man just made it up and said, run with it. It's what he left for all of us. How about the spirit of compassion? That needs to awaken. Sometimes it's so hard. We live in a society that turns, turns a blind eye to so many needs. I'm not just talking about the big ones. Sometimes it's little things that people need help with. Just ignore but that's the perfect place for the salt and light. <laughs> that's the perfect place. 
so many more. I asked tonight, why would an awakened dead man tell others to leave him alone? Why would an awakened dead man tell others to keep their hands off his grave clothes? Why would an awakened dead man choose bound hands and bound feet and a muffled face? Why would an awakened dead man choose to live such a hindered life? You see, it's real hard to figure out. But some choose it. God's setting us free to really set us free. It's not a partial freedom. Jesus doesn't come and offer us a partial freedom. Hey, I can get you out of the tomb, but you're going to stay bound your whole life. I can raise you up, come on out, but you're going to live a muffled life, a bound life, not really free. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Station two is those standing at the tomb. I have three points under this. Number one, we need to believe. I ask tonight, are we standing at a tomb with Jesus and something dear to us is dead? We're right there with him, and there's the tomb. And we have to believe he is giving us instruction. But the question is, are we too busy maintaining unbelief and impossibility? He's standing there with us at the tomb. Something is lost. Now, I'm not necessarily referring to a person here, okay? We're drawing bigger application and allowing the Spirit to speak. We're standing at the tomb with Jesus. He's calling us to believe that dead things can come to life. But are we too busy maintaining unbelief and impossibility? You see, he says to us, take away the stone and look at the response. Oh, but Lord, by this time there's such a stench. It's been dead for days now. Isn't that how it is with us sometimes? Jesus says, take away the stone. We're like, but Lord, you know it really stinks. There's a problem. See, Jesus Christ is in the business of bringing dead things to life, but the truth is not so many people are in the business of belief. How many dead things remain in the tomb because we are maintaining unbelief and impossibility rather than following the instruction of Jesus. See, when he says roll away the stone, we should listen. Now, he he might be saying something else, but that's the words. You understand? I'm just using that phrase, roll away the stone, take away the stone. And I don't know what it is tonight or what it may be in the future, but if there's something that's dead and Jesus Christ has given us instruction, we be wise to follow Why do we just turn and say to him all the time, yeah, but Lord, just go take away the stone. But Lord, like, what did I tell you? (laughs) You want my help. I'm right here at the tomb. You know that I can raise it up. You know that I can do the impossible. Why are you maintaining unbelief and impossibility when I've just given you instruction? So that you might see the impossible. Verse 39, J.B. Phillips, New Testament, take away the stone, said Jesus. But Lord, said Martha, the dead man's sister, he's been dead four days. By this time, he will be decaying. I want to say tonight that decay doesn't scare Jesus. It's prime condition for a miracle. 
The Amplified reads, Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, exclaimed, but Lord, by this time he is decaying and throws off an offensive odor, for he has been dead four days. Here's the truth tonight. Sometimes the raising of the dead gives off an offensive odor, but there's a cleansing that deals with that. I can't help but think of Zacchaeus. When Jesus called him forth out of his tomb or tree, Jesus called him out, and what happened? Immediately, others began to murmur, seeing him as dead, though Jesus saw life. They said, there goes Jesus to be a guest of a sinner. You see, to them, the odor of this man called out of a tomb was taxing. They couldn't handle it. Jesus is saying, take away the stone. John 11, verse 40, Jesus said to her, did I not say to you, that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. And that's number two. We need to take away the stone. It's that simple. We're believing, and then there's action. You see, it's one thing to say, Lord, I believe. It's another to put our belief into action. Actually go roll the stone away. Action, that's faith. Faith without works is dead. It's impossible to please God except by faith. He's looking for action. He's looking for faith. He's not looking for us to say, well, how about you go roll away the stone, Jesus? And a lot of times that's how we're responding. He's saying, go take the stone away. We're like, you go take the stone away. I mean, does he have to do everything? He's already done everything. You know what I'm saying. Does he have to do everything? Can we not get our hands dirty? Can we not put a little work and effort into it? Can we not break a little sweat? Are we there just, you know, pampering ourselves? You roll the stone away. I believe, but you you do it. I don't know what the stone is tonight. We need to take away the stone. Number three, we need to loose it and let it go. You see, when dead things come out, we can't keep looking at them as dead. We can't keep treating them as dead. We can't keep seeing them as dead. We have to see the life in them. Sometimes when people get saved, this is the reality. Others in the church keep seeing them as dead. They can't see the life. They can't see that they've been brought out. All they see is their past. What they were, who they were, what they've done. See, but Jesus sees the life. Or something's died in our life, whatever it is, And God's called it forth and it's come out and there's been this miraculous resurrection. We can't keep seeing it as dead and treating it as dead, viewing it as dead. This is why so many continue to maintain their regrets, their past, their failures. They even look at themselves and they can't see the life. Even though God sees the life, They can't see themselves through the eyes of Jesus, and so they live this tragic existence. They believe they deserve the grave clothes. i got to wear these all my life. What God's saying, take off the grave clothes. 
Loose them and let them go. For freedom that Christ set us free. This is why some things, although awakened, remain shrouded in death's garb, death's outfit. Let's have the worship team return tonight. John chapter 11, verse 44. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Listen, the miracle of Jesus dealt with the decay. Called him out and said, Loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. Loose it and let it go. Whatever it is, loose them, let them go. J.B. Phillips, New Testament, and the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with grave clothes and his face muffled with a handkerchief. Now unbind him, Jesus told them, and let him go home. Listen, if you've come out of the grave and God's saying you need to be loosed and let go and others are trying to help you, others are trying to grab hold of some of those grave clothes and get you out, Take the help. Take the help. Receive the help. You can't get out on your own. Listen, Jesus could come and he could rip off the grave clothes, but sometimes he uses others, doesn't he? Sometimes he uses brothers and sisters. Sometimes he uses parents. Sometimes he uses children to the parent. Sometimes he uses pastors or Christian leaders. Jesus can use a song. He can use a book. He uses his book. But we have to receive the help. When someone comes and says, you're bound up, don't just be so quick to say, you're too judgmental. Or to push it away and not believe it. Why don't we just take a moment and look at the book and figure out if we are bound in that area? And if we are, let's receive the, the wise counsel. Let's receive the help. Not continue to remain as a dead man or a dead woman. That has come out, has been awakened, but is still clothed in the garb, in the grave clothes. Unbind him, Jesus told him, and let him go home. I just simply ask tonight, are you Lazarus? Is that the station Jesus, the Holy Spirit, has met you at? He's saying, come forth. Come forth. Are you before a tomb tonight? Is that the station Jesus, the Holy Spirit, stands with you at? Something's died. Something's buried. Something's lost. You see, we serve a Savior that brings dead things to life. We got to believe. We have to believe. We have to believe, and we might just have to put our belief into action. And we do. And when he says, take away the stone, we have to be ready and willing to walk up. It might take a little work some effort, 
We have to believe. We have to take away the stone. Let's loose him. Let him go. Loose him and let him go. Let's stand tonight. Let's just sing this song out quick and closing. And let's allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I'm not going to do an altar call in that sense, but if you're Lazarus and you know you're dead in trespasses and sins tonight, it's the perfect night to respond to the call. Maybe you've heard it before and he's saying, come forth. If you're there at the tomb and there's something dead, Something dear to you. You know what it could be? It could be a dream. It could be a calling. It could be vision. It could be relationship. I don't know what it is, but Jesus knows, and he's right there with you. Do you believe? Take away the stone. Come forth. Loose him and let him go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.